We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us on the show today. AFR.net is the website. AFR.net is the website. The American Family Radio app is available. It's free for you to download. And lastly, we pu- uh, push the podcast. We publish the podcast uh, to multiple platforms across the World Wide Web. So you can find AFA at the core at your uh, local podcast store. Uh, on your device, you can download the uh, the podcast there. So uh, multiple ways to keep up with the show. We are... Uh, it appears to be we're back on YouTube and we are live streaming on Facebook. So both of those places, you can watch the video of the show, YouTube and Facebook. You can watch the live stream video uh, there. And then we have our streaming platform where we upload the video after the show. That is where we have archived video content for you to go and watch. Uh, As we discussed with MD Perkins this week, the God who speaks re-release is on our streaming platform. Uh, the re-release of The God Who Speaks is up on the streaming platform for you to watch. Streaming.afa.net, create your free account, and watch The God Who Speaks on that platform. We have a lot of special bonus content there as well, and that's all available on streaming.afa.net. Well, I've got a good news item for the week, and that is Biden's FCC nominee, Gigi Son, radical, lefty, Marxist, uh, totalitarian mentality. She, her nomination is dead in the water. Her nomination is dead thanks to the support of um, you guys out there who took action. We had over 30,000 people contact their senator to uh, strike down or, or deny Gigi Son a spot on the Federal Communications Commission. And so kudos to you guys out there who took action on that. Her nomination is uh, is is invalid now. She has been pulled. Her nomination has been pulled. And there were not that many groups speaking out. I mean, AFA was one of the leaders uh, raising the red flag, waving the red flag over Gigi Son. And so we've got to keep fighting. And if you get discouraged out there, those are that are loyal AFA fans, don't be, don't get discouraged because we've got to keep fighting for what's right, for what's true, and that's what we're doing. And every so often, we see a victory. Every so often, we see a victory, and that is a victory today. That Gigi Son, her nomination. Um, will not make it through the U.S. Senate. She's too radical. She's bad. She has a terrible worldview, and she doesn't need to be on the Federal Communications Commission. And so good news. Of on uh, That's on the good news front today. 
wanted to bring that to you. Uh, moving on into the scripture for the week, we have uh, Psalm chapter 8 is where we are this week. Focusing on the majesty of God, Psalm chapter 8, 1 through verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish, fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So so David is is reiterating God's created order here. And he says that he says that in verse six, you have given him talking about you and I, talking about God's creation, talking about human, human humanity, humankind. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beast of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the seas. So you and I are stewards of God's creation. So we need to be good stewards, good caregivers, uh, good overseers of God's creation. And this also flies in the face of the uh, many of the, the movements that lift up animals as equal to humans. This flies in the face of this uh, New Age movement that uh, idolizes animals, beasts of the field, birds of the heavens, fish of the sea. I mean, we all know someone that talks about their dog as if they're their... their, uh, their blood, their child, born out of the womb. And so we just got to be, we got to be careful. We've got to be intentional that we don't treat that which we have dominion over as having dominion over us or being equal to humans. Because it's not. Man has full authority, full dominion, according to Scripture, According to God's created order, a God, a man has full authority, full dominion over all the earth. The beast of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. So just a reminder there um, that we can, we can enjoy animals. We can have our pets. I've had uh, my my pet of 11 years passed away about a month ago. His name was Russ. He was a dog, a uh, little Labrador. He was actually big. I say little. Uh, he was a, a Labrador, and uh, and I liked being with him. He kept me company on my property. He was always right by my side. 
He was a great companion, and all that's good. God gave us, uh, God gave us animals to for for different purposes, and some for pleasure. Um, but we just we just need to be careful that we keep animals in their place uh, from from how we view them. We need to keep them uh, in our in the way we view them in the proper place, and that is that they are under man's authority, and they're not equal to humans because. Uh, we, we, we've just got to keep that, um, that priority there because that's how God set it up. All right. So don't, don't, uh, don't lift your animals up and and treat them as if they, um, they are your blood as if they are equal to, uh, of equal importance to your own blood, uh, because that would be placing things out of order. And we don't want to do that. We want to follow God's created order. So that's my little spill there, uh, about our animals, (laughs) not to idolize our animals, uh, moving to into some of the stories for today, you know, we've got this Supreme Court vacancy that's this upcoming Supreme Court vacancy that's going on. And 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 Biden really, you know, th- this this we've got to expose the Democrats here. All right. We've got to expose the Democrats because um, they, they, they 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 pitch themselves. They try to sell themselves as the party of equality, the party of equal rights, the party of civil rights, the party of human rights, but really they're none of the above. Really, when you get down to it, they are none of the above. And they're so obsessed with identity politics that they they totally discredit their entire movement. And here's what I mean. And, and, And by the way, this is hugely disrespectful to whoever Biden's nominee is going to be. Because Biden, back in the in the election cycle, Joe Biden as as a candidate, as a candidate for president, he pledged to nominate a female that has dark skin. I mean, that's pretty much what he did. You can say black, brown, whatever you want to call it, but he pledged to nominate a female that has dark skin. All right, and that was the only qualifiers he put forth. So the question we need to discuss is whether we need to be picking people for positions, whether we need to be showing favor to people based on those two characteristics. Because now if I'm the Biden nominee, which I'm clearly not going to be if you look at me, I'm disqualified because of my skin color. I'm disqualified because I'm a male. God created me male. I'm not disqualified because of my ideology, or am I? That's a good question. But we th- this is exactly what our country is supposed to be against. Oh, but Walker, isn't it great that it's going to be a black female on the Supreme Court? Sh- uh, I guess so. I don't know. Am I supposed to be focused on skin color and sex? Because I was told that that's not good. <laughs> you see where this is going here? We have been told, and this is a good thing, right? We have been told not to focus and, and judge people and, and pick and choose people based on immutable characteristics, i.e. pigmentation, i.e. 
biological sex. So it's really not good to go, yay, black female. Because then we are idolizing and, and we are treating skin color and sex as if it is a qualifier or an unqualifier, if unqualifier is even a word. Probably not. But we are treating it as if it's, it, is, it is the way to judge people. But when you look at the Civil Rights Act and when you look at where we've come as a country and you look at Scripture, that is not how, what we're supposed to use as our scale, as our standard to judge people. Did Martin Luther King Jr. say content of character? Content of character. And what this is really about, and what Biden's going to do, is he's going to pick a left-wing judge. Which, for the sake of this discussion, okay. He is a left-wing radical president. He's going to pick a left-wing judge. But see, he's using her skin color... He's using her sex to say, you should vote for her for this. You should support her for this reason. But we can't do this with other sexes, and we can't do this with other skin colors, because then it's bad. But the reality is it's, it's bad all the way across. It's bad all the way around. All right? We need to be judging people. We need to be analyzing people. We need to be basing our opinions of people based on the content of their character and not on their skin color, not on their pigmentation, and not on their sex. All right? So that's uh, where we should be viewing things as Christians and as a society. But the Democrats sure are obsessed with uh, skin color and sex. They sure are obsessed with it, and they want to use it as, as resume boosters. But in reality, President Biden should just appoint someone that he believes will do a good job, in his opinion, to the Supreme Court and then tell the senators to judge the nominee based on their rulings, based on their ideology, based on their worldview, based on their career, not based on their skin color or their sex. That is not how we're supposed to base our opinions of people in society, in America, and in the world. We'll have more on this topic after the break. I got a few clips. AFA at the core. Be back in a few minutes. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The city lies four square, its length, width, and height all equal, 1,380 miles for each dimension. The city's wall is 216 feet high, 12 gates around the city, with each gate made of a single pearl. Streets of gold so pure they're translucent. No need for a sun. God's glory lights the city. No tears. No pain. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. By reading the Bible and tracing the genealogy of Christ, you can see how God worked through women in the Old and New Testament to carry out His redemption plan for future generations. Forget about plain old girl power. This is girl power because of God's power. It's important that your girl understands her heritage through the eyes of Scripture so that she can appreciate the legacy left for her to continue in her faith walk. Scripture is full of women in history who became the people God created them to be to impact and influence those around them. She is the next generation of women of faith. How do you see God working in your girl? Affirm her in these giftings and encourage her to walk in faith. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Hey, before we get to... Our weekly guest, our guest on each week, uh, I want to play a clip to, to tie a bow on this discussion of affirmative action and of picking people for jobs and positions based on their pigmentation and based on their sex and how they were born, immutable characteristics. Um, this is Senator Roger Worker of Mississippi um, on a local uh, Mississippi outlet, talking about how ironic is how ironic how ironic it is that the Supreme Court is hearing a case on affirmative action, and Biden is 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 kowtowing to affirmative action. Clip two. Let's listen. The irony is that the Supreme Court is at the very same time hearing cases about this sort of affirmative racial <laughs> discrimination, yeah. while adding someone who is the beneficiary of this sort of quote, the, the majority of the court may be uh, saying uh, writ large, it's unconstitutional. We'll see how that irony works out. <laughs> it is ironic. Also, let's remember, let's not forget, for those who are mildly familiar with history, that our very own president, who claims to be the president of unity, the president of equality, the president of diversification <laughs> of society. He uh, he voted and, and, and led the Senate Judiciary Committee against the nomination of Clarence Thomas. Yes, he voted and, and led the opposition against Clarence 
Thomas, in Clarence Thomas's words, led the high-tech lynching of uh, Justice Thomas, and uh, that was that was Joe Biden. That was Joe Biden. So I don't think it's really as much about skin color or as much about sex as it is about ideology, but they're using those characteristics as a front to push through a nominee that if you dare oppose her, well, not only are you racist, but you're sexist. Even though you may oppose her simply based on her ideology, we shall see. Wesley Wildman is in studio with me. What's up, Wesley? Hey, look, all I got to say is that I had a week lunch and a lot of AFA coffee, so if I don't make sense to other people <laughs> during my segment, I am not held accountable. Too much caffeine or Oh, my enough. word, I'm amped up here. <laughs> hey, you're doing a good job on your program. Hey, I want to get to a couple things uh, just to, during the kind of tease the audience of what we're going to discuss during my time here on this segment. We're going to talk a little bit about Black Lives Matter briefly. Uh, we're also going to talk briefly about uh, Facebook and their all their minor uh, companies underneath them are just uh, falling apart as it relates to losing uh, first-time ever stock. Uh, and then also I want to spend the second half of most of my time talking about how we can honor God with our social media and how we can manage our online reputation. So we'll get right into it. I saw a story this morning that said Black Lives Matter shuts down fundraising after Liberal states threaten legal action. Well, you say, what would that be about? Well, <laughs> here's the deal. California and the, and the state of Washington are going after Black Lives Matter, the organization, the nonprofit organization, because of they are lack of transparency of where they're spending their money. And they won't even answer the most basic questions about where they're getting, where their money's coming from and where it's going. And they're disguised under a nonprofit, and the reason I say the word disguise is because they are themselves are not a 501c3 ministry. They're actually going through a secondary ministry in order to be able to fund their uh, uh, fund a lot of a the secondary, stuff they do. Like a, they're using a secondary organization to funnel their money? Yes. So the secondary organization would be called, or is called, Thousand Currents. Thousand mm-hmm. Currents, that was new to me. Uh, some of the, A lot of our audience follows this stuff very closely and I'm, there may have been some other AFR hosts that's covered this in the past but that was new to me they they use thousand currents and when they've been asked the question are you going to apply for non-tax exempt status they continue to not answer the question and the point that I want to get to here after uh, looking into this uh, further they were asked uh, not to they were told not to by the state of Washington and by California not to fundraise anymore until they got to the bottom of this until they got until they cross their T's and dot their I's to become a, a compliant with the nonprofit fundraising uh, tactics. With mm-hmm. that said, what was funny was a Washington examiner thought, well, they, they've been told not to, and we're going to assume they're not, but just for good measure, I'm going to go see if I can donate some money. And the Washington examiner, uh, our, the guy that wrote the article was able to donate a dollar and BLM received their dollar. So they, while that's not up on their page that they're taking donations, they will still take your money if you find a way to get it to them. <laughs> you know, this, Wesley, is this, this, this should ring alarm bells across yeah. society because this group, this uh, radical uh, group, this racist group is was raising money on the death of someone, on yep. the tragic uh, uh, death of someone, George Floyd. And they raised They've been doing this, that for since 2013. Yeah, though. they raised yeah. all this money 
acting as if they're going to make a difference for America and for society. And what have they for, done? For the black lives. They have hoarded tens of millions of yeah, dollars. 60 million. 60 million. And we <laughs> don't even know. And that's just one organization. Yeah, just there one, there yeah. were a couple other organizations sure. raising money. Uh, Act Blue is a big Dem, uh, Democrat fundraising yep. outfit. They were raising money off of, yep. off of George Floyd's death. And we don't know where the money went or what they spent it on. No. In fact, what we see here, the Indiana Attorney General Todd Rockta had a lot to say about this. And he said that, quote, I see patterns of scams here, kind of universal. Take failure to provide. He said, take this, a failure to provide board members, a failure to provide an executive director, a failure to, to make filings uh, available. And this all leads to suspicion. So this is the definition of grifters. Yeah, when you got when you got when you got California and Washington (laughs) State going after after BLM. Yeah, because of their because of their the 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 lack of transparency. Not just lack of transparency, but the fact that they are they can't account for where the money is going. Right. Um. So yeah. So we'll see. You know what? I, I vote that they give they take all that money and they just divide it up between the black families. Just, yeah, yeah. Send them a check. Yeah, do something good because with they it. do. Because BLM, well, one of many things that they're they're terrible at is they do support uh, Marxism and socialism. Right. So I think they should socialize the sixty million dollars. <laughs> distribute the wealth. Distribute the yeah. wealth. Yeah. That's what yeah, I think. reparations. That's what there I think. You go. Yeah. There's a lot more on that. And um, and, and remember, sure. this is the same group that their their one of their co-founders, which is now she's like MIA. She's disappeared. Uh, I think uh, something colors is her last name. But anyway, she bought. She bought a couple beach houses, yeah. uh, a couple million right. dollars worth of homes, um, right after all this went down. Mm-hmm. And and so I think some of them were in in in, in Los Angeles or California. One of them maybe in Florida, um, but you, totally misusing those funds. And th- this this is this is really I've got a story here, Wesley, on on you know the Democrats they 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 claim that Republicans are the party of dark money. Mm-hmm. Like money that goes through nonprofits and make it, makes its way into politics, so on and so forth. Well, I've got a New York Times report here that says Democrats' dark money, in quotations, outspent Republicans by 66% in 2020. So the Democrats are the ones that are running these shady uh, entities. Uh, that's right. A flowing Soros money all over the place that's almost impossible to track, not the conservatives. Hey, just one more thing on this uh, BLM. To your point, Walker— this is almost too complicated to even get to on radio, but they, to your point, they have about three or four organizations within BLM that they're partnering with. That it's hard to even follow. I, I I followed it for a second on paper, had my pen, and I was connecting the dots. But the between the BLM, then you got the Black Lives Global Network operation. Then they have sixteen chapters chapters within the BLM all across the state. Then you got the the blue vote, uh, or what? Would you call it? Act blue. Act blue. Uh, there's that, and then there is the uh, the one I mentioned earlier. Let me get it. The thousand currents. All of these organizations have the same ideology. To just the one liner here is to destroy America. Yeah. And they all work together to to the point where it does get as complicated as I'm making it sound. And that's how they get away with a lot of this stuff. So for them to get to the point where two states, progressive states, are like, you're going to cease funding until we get to the bottom of this, Yeah, we know there's some shady work going on here. Absolutely. So. And GoFundMe, by the way, GoFundMe, which is a major crowdfunding website, they have cut off the account of the Canadian truckers that mm-hmm. I covered on the, 
on the show I didn't on Monday. Know that. Yeah, they've they've cut off their account. The truckers have raised over ten million dollars. They've cut off their account. But this is the same GoFundMe that allowed BLM mm-hmm. and allowed all these other Antifa groups to funnel money through their through their uh, website. And so it's 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 ironic how they go after people they don't like, cut off their crowdfunding, but other people they allow them to use their platform. I do know where a portion of their money's going. And they are going toward riots. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going toward a be- a post, uh, post and bell. Post and bell for those that participate and help in the rioting. So uh, we do know where we do know where a portion of that's going. Hey, Walker, another thing that I that caught my eye uh, earlier, and I had to read, I had to read past the headlines. That's what we'll talk about that in a little minute. The headlines can get you sometimes, so you got to click it, read on past it before you share it and post it. And I called a face. I called a uh, post that said Facebook loses daily users for the first time ever. The stock plummets twenty three percent, which equals up to two hundred billion dollars. I was like, well, that really can't be affecting Facebook too bad. That's you know that may happen. That <laughs> could come two hundred billion. Two hundred billion. That's Facebook. You know, I mean, they they probably bounce back in a day, right? No big deal. Well, I went on to read the story further down, and this is this is true headline. This is the first time ever that they have ever quarterly declined daily users globally. And they had lost, between their multiple platforms, their multiple platforms being this, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, and a few others, between those combined, they were, they had, they did lose quarterly about a million daily users in North America alone. So we do know that they're hitting. Now, before I get into an article that I wrote on managing your online reputation, I just wanted to get your thoughts, and I'll share mine on why you think it is that Facebook is plummeting because and their platforms under them. Well, there's so much competition now. There's so many different platforms where people can go um, that that this. I'm not going to say this is the end of Facebook, but some of these corporations don't last forever. Mm-hmm. They don't last forever, and if they don't. If they don't alter, if they don't change, if they don't keep up with the times, and they don't sell out to Facebook. Yeah, and fa- true, Facebook likes to buy up uh, their their competitors. Yeah, um, this may be. The, I, I'm not going to say this is. This might be the end of Facebook. This could be the end of Facebook's domination of the social media market. So I agree with that as tier two. I think tier one is because of their um, their at this point their obvious cahoots with the progressive movement and how they shut some people down don't shut others down and i think for a long time we they they could have been going downhill but there was no alternative so i think ultimately to your point i think providing a lot of uh, creative um competition will ultimately like you said not be the end but no more i yeah. mean they won't be grown anymore yeah, i so. think facebook could become like comcast is now yeah, sure. So Comcast, the the problem with what's now Xfinity is, is Comcast, and they they were late altering their approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as uh, as LTE, as four G, as Wi Fi was you know making its round, and 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 technology was advancing, and the smartphone phone was coming out. Uh, Comcast is still over here selling cable boxes, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and they have mul- hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars to do research and development and get into a, a niche uh, industry like 5G or something, uh, but they were just late to the game. Now Xfinity is is slowly dying, and they're trying to get into other things like uh, uh, smartphone plans, but they may be Facebook may end up being like Comcast. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Well, um, 
Speaking about Facebook and social media, you know, we have an opportunity to use what social media and Facebook and the platforms that we got, we can either use those for good or we can use those for bad. And so I've written an article a couple of years back that that's called Managing Your Online Reputa- Reputation, which in that article I discuss how to honor God with your social media. And just a couple of things, as I mentioned, it's an amoral object and be used good for bad. I don't have social media anymore. That may be for another day. That's an individual choice. That's not a, I don't have a, a self-righteous or and or a um uh, uh you know anything that puts myself above somebody else because I don't is something I've decided for different reasons within myself. However, at the time that I wrote this, I did have social media, and some of the things that I wanted to look, discuss are the cons, the pros, and the cons. And the cons for just to mention a couple, and there's more that will be in the article. We'll link that to our show notes. Uh, you know, Facebook Walker has been linked to 66% of the divorces, so in America, that is. Mm. So in America, 60% of divorces in America are linked to social media. And so 87% uh, are teens are bullied or targeted on Facebook. Obviously, it can lead to a tremendous amount of narcissism, uh, sexual explicit material. Um, it also can become an addiction of time and consuming. Mm. So we begin to compare ourselves to others. Those are some of the bad things. But there's a lot of good things, too. you got the instantaneous connection to friends all over the world through a click of a button. You can help you reconnect with friends. Uh, like I said, it's, it helps with evangelism and discipleship in many different ways. Mm. We use it. Um, we being in AFA, we have different, we're on Parler and a handful of others. Yeah. So just to be careful of that. So what I wanted to cl- conclude our time with Walker is how we can honor God with social media. So number one, be aware of the friends that you follow. Uh, be aware of the people that you are trying to connect with. Uh, uh, be intentional about making sure that you know them and that they're uh, a friend of yours. Also, number two, you need to control our responses during crisis. You know, we can overreact and cause ourselves to get in all kind of trouble. Take the time to read it. Step away and comment later. Uh, last but not least, set a time daily. Have a specific amount of time, 15, 30, 45 minutes a day that you're going to spend on social media. Don't make it part of... Uh, you know, where it consumes your day. And the last thing you think about is discipling your kids, you know, make, make sure it's a priority and your privacy settings. <laughs> yeah. Check those privacy settings out because they're default set in a particular way. Walker, I enjoy being on. Thanks for letting me come on the program today and go over these couple of topics. All right. Thank you, Wesley. There you got it. Uh, have it. We'll post a link to Wesley's blog on how to use social media responsibly on our podcast page at AFR.net under AFA at the core. Today's show, we'll post a link there. Be back in just a few minutes with a special guest, Twyla Breeze. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming. 
our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA streaming is now available. Learn more at afa.net. For American Family Radio, this is Gateways to Better Education. I'm Eric Buer. Most Americans have no idea of the connection between Martin Luther and religious freedom. Addressing religious freedom, Martin Luther wrote a paper entitled Secular Authority, to what extent it should be obeyed. Luther was at the forefront of religious freedom, and students should learn how the Reformation brought about liberty. He quoted Matthew 10:28 when Jesus said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Luther then wrote, Surely that is clear enough. The soul is taken out of the hands of any human being whatsoever and is placed exclusively under the power of God. It is impossible and futile to command or coerce someone to believe this or that. For a free article explaining the connection between the Reformation, visit gogateways.org. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. The idea of second-class citizens, though seen as less worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness ends with devastating results. Such thinking led to the genocide of the Australian Aborigines, American slavery, and Hitler's attempt to exterminate the Jews. When considering the issue of second-class citizens, we're forced to consider two-tier justice, constitutionality, and ask why is this happening in America? Totalitarian regimes create second-class citizens by first, subhumanizing them in the public eye, then demonizing them as a danger to others, followed by censoring their dissenting thoughts, and finally criminalizing what they do or who they are. We do know that Jesus calls believers to love your enemies, to bless and do good to them that hate you. It is difficult to find that balance of loving our neighbor as ourselves while standing strongly for truth. May God help us. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. As I said before the break, we have a special guest with us who's been on the show before, been on the Core. We have on Twyla Braze. You can hear her spots here on American Family Radio. Twyla is president and co-founder of Citizen Citizens Council for Health Freedom, or otherwise known as CCHF. Hey, Twyla, welcome back to the Corps. Well, it's so great to be here. Thanks so much for asking me. Absolutely. Uh, we we, we <laughs> enjoy having you on and, and get, getting your uh, viewpoint on some of these key issues we're facing today. Uh, one of them that you brought to my attention this week is, is, is a bill circulating in Congress that has to do with what what is being dubbed as a unique patient identifier or UPI. This has to do with uh, healthcare privacy laws and whether uh, we will uh, uh, the country will establish this universal way of identifying patients across the country. And I want to just set this up and then let you, and then get you to to talk about it. Um, the, the, this has been dubbed by the media and by certain people as a great thing, as an advancement in healthcare. And you look around at, at some European countries and others who have gone this direction, and you look at it, and, and, and from the surface you go, oh, that's a great idea. How convenient to have all of your healthcare records in a centralized database, uh, well, probably controlled by the government. Uh, but there's a lot more to this, Twyla, that I want to get your input on. What are your thoughts? 
Yes. So this, uh, the unique patient identifier is one of four identifiers that um, Hillary Clinton had in her uh, National Security Act bill back when uh, President uh, Clinton was president. And um, so this is the one that has been controversial and it has been stopped by Congressman Ron Paul when he was in office and now by U.S. Senator Rand Paul uh, when he's in office. But today there are no Republicans uh, in charge in Congress and both the House and the Senate have taken away the prohibition against creating this number. And so our efforts as an organization is to try to stop this number. And so a unique patient identifier is essentially a national patient ID, a national patient ID number or card. We say there will be no card, uh, no care, no card, no care. So if you do not have the federally issued uh, linking, tracking, surveillance number, um, you will not be able to get care in healthcare facilities. Um, and so we want to stop this number. We want to stop this numbering and surveillance system. We also know that, that the federal government wants to build a database of all our medical records. Yep. It's called the eHealth Exchange. And they are partway to building it, but without the unique patient identifier being launched by the government, they can't do it. So it's really important for your listeners to contact their members of, of the U.S. House and of the U.S. Senate and say, you know, do not. Do not fund, do not create the unique patient identifier. We don't want a national patient ID number that will connect everything and take away all our privacy. It's a number from which we will not be able to escape. No mm. fresh opinions about anything. You won't be able to get outside of the system. You know, it'll be, and there might be black market medicine. Mm. <laughs> but, but, the, but, but then they'll but go we, after we that too. Yeah, then that's, then they'll go after that, that too. But but Twyla, let me let me let me also add to this uh, uh, by saying that you you're you're in the thick of it, Twyla, and you're uh, staying up to speed on what's going on in Washington as it relates to healthcare law. But uh, many people don't understand the big picture here, and the big picture is that is that the goal of many in Washington D.C. and 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 many. Uh, 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 politicians and bureaucrats around the country is to centralize everything is to centralize everything this 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 goes uh, back to Obamacare um, this goes back to several other efforts they push but the problem Twyla th this is way bigger than just healthcare because if if we right. let this UPI pass this this universal patient identifier uh, get enacted into law and be uh, widespread across the country then you're talking about uh, on that, on that card being whether you have the vaccine or not, uh, whether you have the booster or not, or whether your your uh, your credits, what's your credit score? Well, let's just throw that on there. Uh, Twyla, this don't you agree that this could lead us to if this were to pass and some other things, it could take us to where China is now, and that is where you can't fly or ha have access to certain things in China if you are not loyal to the government. This that is correct. It will also set up a national healthcare system. So when you have a national data system, that creates a national healthcare system or socialized medicine. Hmm. And once that card or number is digitized, there are so many other things that can be put on it. And I know this is a little in the weeds, but there is something called social determinants of health. And the federal government wants 
doctors and nurses and hospitals to collect data elements on every aspect of your life. Look at it the next time you go into the doctor's office. What kind of questions are they asking you? Do they have anything to do with why you're there? Or are they much broader questions? They want your financials. They want your behaviors. They want your preferences, your passions. They want everything, your housing, your education, your how much food you eat. They want it all in the electronic health record system that they want to create that would be a centralized national system. And so, yes, you are so right. This is much bigger than, um, than many people think. It's not just about having a handy-dandy card that's, di- that's digital. And once they get one of these digitals, and by, by one of them, I mean the vaccine passport, the real ID. I encourage every one of your people not to get the real ID. Get the ID that does not have the star. You do not need a real ID to fly. It's a lie. It's a lie. And uh, so don't, don't do that one. So the real ID, the unique patient identifier, the vaccine passport, or a digital driver's license, all of these must be avoided because they are all ways to the very same goal for those who want us to put every little piece of information on that card, and it will be an access or a denial. And the government will have full control of that digital document, and they can shut it down anytime they want. Shut it, shut it down for your bank access, shut it down for your healthcare access, shut it down for your phone access, whatever they want to do, just as they're doing in China. And so the UPI must be stopped. And if you go to cchfreedom.org, cchfreedom.org, uh, one of the posts there that's uh, fairly close to the top will tell you what to tell your member. All right. It will also tell you that there's a repeal bill and you can ask your member to sign on to the repeal bill. All right, there you have it, Twyla, cchfreedom.org. That's the URL. We're also going to post that on my podcast page at AFR.net. Uh, Twyla, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll have you on again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there you have it. That's Twyla Braves with Citizens Council for Health Freedom. And uh, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I joke, Kind of. And I say uh, nothing good comes out of Washington. You know, they, they just need uh, to, everything they touch, they mess up. And this is another example. This is another example. It's better off if it's Washington will just stay out of our lives um, and let things be managed at the state and the local level. Um, everything Washington seems to be doing is an absolute disaster. And this uh, this is a, a, just one more example um, of, of what's going on in a, in a bad light, in a negative light in Washington, D.C. But we'll continue bringing um, this to your attention, having a special guest on like Twyla. Back to a couple of the topics I want to discuss before we end the show today. Um, I want to play a couple of clips here. You know, I talked uh, extensively, and I talked with Dr. Peter McCullough about the Spotify uh, ongoings and the Spotify news with Joe Rogan and Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone and how they, they just been under vicious assault, and, and, and Spotify's even thrown up this phony disclaimer under Rogan's podcast. It's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, in my opinion, they, they at least halfway caved. They haven't completely caved because he's still up there, but they should have never thrown that disclaimer up there. It's a terrible idea. It's an absolute terrible idea. Well, uh, what, what's even more concerning, I mentioned that the Surgeon General had spoken out against Rogan and, and encouraged censorship. Well, now Saki just piles on 
the White House press secretary. Let's listen to clip five. He said that tech companies have an important role to play in stopping misinformation because the, uh, they are the predominant places where misinformation spreads. Does the White House and the administration think this is a satisfactory step? Our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out misinformation mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. It's a positive step, but there's more that can be done. Oh, man, the, the purveyors, the, the champion purveyors of misinformation are speaking out, wanting other people taken down for misinformation. I mean, these are the people, the Jen Psaki's of the world, the Joe Biden's of the world. They are the masters of misinformation and disinformation. And I don't know why they keep going back and forth. Just pick one. Either it's misinformation or it's disinformation. Just pick one and go with it. For the sake of consensus, just pick one and go with it. Quit changing it up. <laughs> but they, 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 they purvey misinformation all the time. Falsehoods. I mean, I've got this story right now as we speak. Senator Schumer was on the Senate floor. I believe this was today. And he claimed, talking about the Supreme Court vacancy, he claimed that the Supreme Court was, quote, all white men until 1981. That's not true. <laughs> he uh, needs to go back and read the history books. There was a gentleman, a justice, a lawyer by the name of Thurgood Marshall, that was approved. He was approved by the Senate to the Supreme Court in 1967. He was a black man, and he served from 1967 until 1991 uh, on the U.S. Supreme Court. So Senator Schumer, Senator Schumer, <laughs> Senator Schumer is uh, spreading fake news, spreading falsehoods, spreading misinformation. He should be taken down from everywhere. No, we're not going to do that. Who's a sitting U.S. senator? How you dare you threaten to take him down? <laughs> well, stop spreading fake news. Stop spreading lies about the Supreme Court and who has been on it and who has not been on the Supreme Court. Uh, but no, they're not going to take him down. Why? Because it uh, goes along with their fake narrative that America's racist, America's bigoted, America's hateful. And we just need to destroy this country. That is their established narrative. Anything that toes the party line, they're going to stick with, even if it's fake. And all the truth is going to be squashed, according to these big tech platforms. But we're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to build alternative platforms. We're building a parallel economy that will compete with the Zuckerbergs, with the Bidens, with the Schumers of the world. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, one other clip I want to play. Uh, boy, are these good today. Clip four. This is uh, Kirby, the uh, de uh, secretary, the Defense Department spokesperson. Uh, Kirby, he's talking, uh, uh, John Kirby, rather. He's talking about how, uh, you know, the verbiage about the, the uh, Russian Russia attacking Ukraine, all that's, you know, it, it's just about context. And, and maybe we shouldn't have used the word imminent. Clip four. Let's listen. 
Ambassador Thomas Greenfield, uh, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations this week, detailed the increase in forces along the Ukraine-Russia border, the additional forces going into Belarus, as well just north of Ukraine. But we heard from the White House that they will no longer describe potential invasion as imminent. Even though we're seeing an increase in forces, why the rhetorical shift? Well, I think there was some issues about how that word actually translates uh, in Ukraine, uh, literally. And uh, the, the, the bottom line is, uh, we believe that, and you heard Secretary Austin say this just uh, last week, Victor, uh, we believe that he, he, Putin, has a lot of military capability. He continues to add to his options, and he could, he could execute any number of options uh, it, it pretty much uh, on, on uh, very short notice. Man, this, these guys don't do their homework. They don't do their homework. They're ill-prepared, and they, they sound like they just walked onto the job. Um, the CNN anchor there says, uh, you know, why do you guys keep using the term imminent? Why do you guys keep using the word imminent? Because y'all been saying that for a month or longer. The attack on Ukraine is imminent. Any second now, Putin will be in Kiev. <laughs> That's been the narrative. Well, everybody's kind of looking around, checking their watch, uh, watching the Biden uh, terrible press conferences going, where's Putin? Putin's supposed to be in Kiev by now. Uh, And he's authorizing thousands and thousands of more troops to go over there and defend, as Bobby noted last week, a non-NATO country. Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Let's remember that as the NATO talking points continue. But, you know... The Defense Department spokesperson says, look, look, it's just a misunderstanding. Uh, That term and, you know, that context, uh, uh, there's just some issues there with with how that's interpreted, you know, in Ukraine specifically. No, no, no. You you guys just got it wrong. You just guys just got it wrong. You said Putin. Putin's tanks were flowing into Ukraine, and they weren't. You said it was imminent, and it wasn't. Stop beating the war drums. Nobody wants to go to war except for probably the Biden administration. Stop beating the war drums and let's get our facts right. How about that for a change out of the Biden administration? We shall see. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.